previously on Transformers Chronicles. We will be visited by none other than Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Uh the yard sale artist. Hey, John, do you have everything ready for our guest tonight? We have a guest tonight? Yeah, we have a guest tonight. We just played a clip for the previously on segment. We do a previously on segment? Never mind. Who's our guest? It's Jared. Jared Albrecht. Jared Albrecht. Wasn't he on just like two episodes ago? No, that was Jason. You know, his brother. Brother. Wait, are you telling me there are two Albrecht brothers? Yes! Well, that seems like information that should be out there. Why, why are you keeping this from people? Uh, hey, guys, are we uh, almost ready to go? That depends on John. You just had a mind-blowing revelation. Oh, we probably figured out that Jason and I are two different people. You you knew about this? You seem pretty calm about it. Yeah, I'm just happy he stopped calling me Albrecht. Wait, so does that mean it was me who knows what he did all this time? You know it! Huh. Whole bunch of things make so much more sense now. Hey, Pat, did you know that Jason and Jared Albrecht are two different people? What? No way. Action film face-off makes so much more sense now. You know, Delvin, I was actually a little intimidated to come on the show, but now I think I'm going to be okay. (laughs) And it definitely looks like it's going to be an interesting night here on Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel Years. Hello and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. In case you're new to the show, welcome and let me tell you what this thing is all about. We are going for a wild crazy ride chronicling the awesome, wacky, and sometimes corny world of Marvel Comics, the Transformers. But I will not be going at it alone. Let's meet my chronicling companions. First up, a man who, despite his lifelong love of comics, never encountered Marvel's Transformers before now. So he wants to see what all the fuss is about with these robots in disguise. Founder of the Longbox Crusade, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Welcome, Pat. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the Transformers. You got anything to tell us about your life and and something cool and, and great and awesome that's happened since last recording? Well, something really great and awesome that's happened to me is it just for Christmas, somebody got me a gun. And so I don't know what I want to do with it. I talk to it and I say, hey, gun, let's go do something. Hmm. Let's have some fun, gun. Hmm. Patty's got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) He might be just on the run. Okay. I'm the host here. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be ad-libbing and taking away from... Ah. Next up, we have our Transformers expert, the lesser half of the Married with Comics podcast. I'm Aggie, the provider of knowledge, Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. John, since I didn't ask Pat how he transformed his life, I will not ask you that. But tell me what's been going on since we last recorded. Not as much as you'd think. It's kind of nice to be getting into just a boring series of events at the holidays were all, I mean, not terrible, but hectic as anything. A lot of mm-hmm. traveling. Folks are getting up in years and I'm helping them out, moving some stuff in and out of their attic and whatnot. So that's loads of fun, but happy to be here back recording with you guys. I've got to ask. Have you gotten anything cool out of your parents' attic? I did get uh, my old Millennium Falcon that I had from when I was a kid. So that's set up in the living room waiting for a permanent space for it. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) That does not Millennium Falcon suck. No. But, Delvin, we cannot forget about you. Um, Has your life, I'm not going to ask you if your life has transformed anyway, but how have you been since last time? How were your holidays and whatnot? Holidays weren't bad. I went to Birmingham to go to a dinner with my dad's side of the family. I spent some time with a few other uh, loved ones, like my brother and my niece and nephew and uh, my sister-in-law. Then I went with my mom to Conyers, Georgia, and had Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with my great aunt. And there was so much food there and so many sweets, and I ate so much. It was an embarrassment of food riches. It was, it was really good. And then had a, went to a bowl game, watched Auburn play Minnesota. Sadly, the bad guys lost there. I got an awful, awful sunburn. But I know the bad guys won. Yeah. 
What did I say? He the said bad guys, guys lost. lost. <laughs> so what, what's what's going on, Delvin? You switching? Maybe. <laughs> Don't are you transforming? Gopher. That one's gonna break your heart way too often. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, transforming into a gopher. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. And with that, I will move on because we have a very, very special guest to the show. After over a year of Transformers Chronicles being on the air, we finally have on the show for the very first time none other than Jared Albrecht, aka the Yard Sale Artist. AKA Death Probe, and for the show, AKA Hot Rod. Hot Rod. The legitimate nickname I had in college. I don't know if Dilbert did that on purpose, if you remembered that, but. You can win if you dare. I I, I worked at a gun store, and that was one of the many nicknames the owner of the gun store called me. So you could tell me what I do with this gun that I found. Mm -hmm. Just tell it who you want to shoot, man. Oh, okay. I think I can do that. Well, Jared, it's great to have you on. I will ask you what we ask all our guests. Do you have any um, history with the Transformers, either the comics or the cartoons or the toys? Is that something you were into, or did you come into later in, in life? Where are you at with that? Uh, a little bit of history. I do remember watching the cartoon, you know, coming home after school. And I'm a big fan of the animated movie. I've probably seen that six or seven times. Read the occasional comic book here and there. Growing up, I only owned a couple of Transformers that I bought secondhand. One was a triple changer that was a Decepticon who turned into a train and a tank and a plane. Blitzwing. Blitzwing. Okay. Astro train changed into a train and a like a shuttle. Visual. I remember this guy was a triple changer. And I you know what? I, the other one was the uh the, the Decepticon jet. It's not Starscream, it's purple. Thundercracker? Sure. Thundercracker. We don't have to get racial on this, but I guess. <laughs> was this one of your bits? No, it wasn't actually. <laughs> that counts. That counts for your bits. That one you get for free. <laughs> that's that's uh that's a freebie. But no, that's that's it for my just sort of surface level skimmed it here and there, read a couple issues. Love the movie, the animated movie, seeing a, a good handful of the episodes after school when I was a kid. I, I got a question for you, Jared. Go ahead. In your yard sailing experience, do you mm-hmm. run across a lot of Transformers? I don't run across them as often as I would like because they do sell well on the eBay. And so when I do find them, I flip them. The first one I ever found while yard sale, and you're going to like this, Pat, was Jetfire. Oh. I found a Jetfire while I was yard sailing, and I flipped him. And then the last time I found Transformers was actually at my Goodwill. They take, like, big bags. They, like, just put a bunch of random toys in a big bag and just sell the whole bag for 10 bucks. And I was looking at this big bag. You can kind of see through it's a mesh bag. And I was like, there's, like, six or seven G1 Transformers in here. So I happily bought that and then brought it home and flipped it and smack it, up, smack it, it rub it down. <laughs> but that's been a while. I mean, I've been yard sailing for almost 20 years, and I would say I find Transformers probably once every seven years or so. Okay, so they are kind of... They are out there, but, you know, I'm just that rare. I'm a little better at finding Joes and E-Mans. I've only found one Voltron in the entire 20 years, so I, mean, I can go on and on about this. Let's focus on Transformers. Yeah. Okay, sweet. The three of us, uh, <clears throat> the four of us, will be tackling all of Marvel Transformers uh, comics in order. I was, I was never asked what my favorite Transformer was. It's clearly in the script. I didn't want to ask you. I think uh-huh. you oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Please <laughs> tell us your favorite Transformer, Jared, or Transformers. I don't know. I will kill you. <laughs> no, all right. I like, um, I hope I don't screw this up. I'll seem silly on the show. I believe it's Ultra Magnus. The sort of other version of Optimus Prime? No, no, it's not Ultra. It is. Ah, okay, I was nervous <laughs> there for a second. I, I just thought he was cool in the movie. I thought it was such a neat thing to see a guy who like kind of looked like Optimus, but was different. Plus, he was voiced by Robert Stack, which is dope. Uh, so I, I like him. And then I love Starscream. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a, a, a like a sniveling guy who's second in command, but he's working his way in the first. So uh, I, um, that's that's what, those are my transformer, and I don't have any more bits. I'm just happy to be here. Are we doing issue one or two, by the way? Because obviously you would have your friends on from the network. Jason was I would be one or two. So which issue are we doing tonight? <clears throat> so the three of us will be tackling all of Marvel Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way to the series end at issue eighty. Pat will be encountering these comics for the first time, and we will answer any questions he has 
and Jared, since he's our guest, to the best of our ability. And seeing how these books we loved as a kid hold up to our oh-so-cynical adult eyes. The podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So, gentlemen and Jared, let's see if issue 13, the issue we're covering. 13? Yes. It's, it's been a while. There's a one in it. 13 issues and I'm finally on? Yeah, they're my they're, favorite number. I didn't want to have you on before my yeah. favorite one. Oh. You you know, Jared, we before we got a awesome podcaster like you on, we had to make sure we were ready for it. Yeah, uh, okay. This, you you know, it would only time. be really insulting if there was like another guest that had been on like twice before you had me. Ooh. At least that hasn't happened. No, that's Jason terrible. turned us down once. Oh, okay. <laughs> my life was on twice. Oh, oh, so there was a guest on twice. That's. You, you're going to claim that you're more important than my wife? Uh, to the network, yes. To your home life, no. Okay. So, <laughs> so Jonathan does know what he did. He knows what he did. Hey, it's 2020. It's a clear. It's 2020. Anyway, proceed Hindsight. with your show that I'm, I'm sort of Hindsight. kind of destroyed here. I'll, I'll try to pull it together. But we're doing, thir- okay, wait, we're doing 13. We're doing 13. Yeah. So a seminal, important comic that will be ring throughout the future of Transformers like this episode we read is super important to everything else that's going to happen from here absolutely on. yes well, no. okay, at least you didn't give me some issue that didn't really mean anything no without without issue 13, 13 it'd be kind of confusing if you didn't read it i mean <laughs> i didn't read this back in the day and i could follow it pretty well but <laughs> i'm All guessing right. i'm guessing i wouldn't i wouldn't know what happens between issue 12 and 14 if right. i didn't have this issue so this is important good good to know all right i'm ready now so okay all right all right pat you ready Mm-hmm. Jonathan, are you ready? Yeah. Sweet. Then we're about to get started right after this promo. The Transformers will return after these messages. Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's action film face off. Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action film face off! Yes, thank you, Jared. Action film face off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets. Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris. Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet. But it could happen, because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it! We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. (laughs) But we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement, but you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade, or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see The Blood Fly. I just said that. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be covering today is Transformers Issue 13, or if you're Jared, Issue Number 1. Yes! Woo! Number 1! Thank you, Delvin. Here's John with the cover description. Okay. The cover has the familiar pointing Optimus Prime in the corner box. Uh, More than meets the eye is written in black on the top and the Transformers logo 
and title is in red, as is the Autobot symbol. Purple-sleeved arm aims Megatron in gun mode, uh, his arm originating from the right of the camera. The gun is pointed at an angle towards a scene of destruction, presumably caused by it, as police, military personnel, and civilians look haggard and disheveled, some unable to struggle to their feet. Tanks and buildings are in rubble, as the bottom right caption in white letters informs us that we are seeing the menace of Megatron. And the UK issues that covered the story were issues 51 and 52. The cover of 51 uh, is a redepiction of Megatron and Joey Slick's meeting in the barn by Jeff Sr. And issue 52 is a reprint of this one we're looking at right now. But it also, in the left-hand corner, promises us a free sticker album, which we never got in our comics growing up, and I'm kind of annoyed by that. <laughs> I like this one well enough. It does its job, especially for people that know this is Megatron and are excited to see him back. It's not one that I really remember when I'm thinking about covers, either in a positive or negative light, but it does its job. Jared, you are our guest and an artist besides, from what I hear. So what did you think of this one? Jared, before you even comment, since we have the ability to see each other on this podcast, I see you had a question face when John had his comments about Megatron. What is your question? Uh, he said it was like the return of Megatron. And I'm trying to figure out if this is issue one, how the top to bottom could this be the return of Megatron? There was an issue zero. Yeah, we well, have you covered. have all the answers tonight. <laughs> 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 okay. So go ahead. What do you think about the cover? All right. I agree with Jonathan. I think it's a fairly middle of the road cover. I mean, I like the chaos that it has on it. And I like that it's well balanced. And they found a way to focus on Megatron, the gun in the foreground, which is not super easy to do from an art point of view. They crammed a lot in it. It doesn't look overcrowded. You really get the vibe of what's going to happen in the issue. So all those things are great. But as far as just sort of artistically and, and like Jonathan said, sort of like memorably, it's very middle of the road to me. I mean, even though I, I'm not as familiar with the series as you guys are, I you know saw them on the spinner rack, so I know which covers leap out to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this one, I vaguely remembered it, but I went, oh, okay. And that's all I have to say about that. I will pass it to Pat. I don't think this is one of the better covers for this series right now, at least from the other 12 that I've seen. You know, it's Megatron in the gun shape, and yeah. What do you think? So I'll, I'll be the happier, more positive guy about this in that it's a unique one. You don't get to see Megatron in the gun mode too often. You usually see that big imposing menace of Megatron the robot that everyone would fear. And in this case, you get to see that Megatron the gun has caused a decent amount of chaos. And so who's the artist of this cover, John? This is Don Perlin of uh, yeah. Where Old Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight. Okay. Perlin had an interesting task to make. Like, how, how are you going to make a, a, a just a gun dynamic? Just the gun in itself. So he had someone holding it, and then you see some chaos going on there with freaking tanks strewn and cops looking like they're a crazy civilian on the ground. So I think he did a, as about as good of a job as he can, given the subject matter that he had at hand. Anyone else have any comments about the cover? Let's rate it. We rate things here on Transformers Chronicles on a scale of 1 to 10, just like the tech specs on the original toys, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, but without needing a red plastic rectangle. Jared, you're the guest. You tell us what you think. This is a tough one. I think if Musical Genius Joe November was here, he'd probably give it a 6.5, mm -hmm. and I will round that up to a 7 based on your comments. I think he did a lot with a little, and I will uh, pass it to Pat. I am going to give this a three. Oh, yeah, I know. It hurts, man. It hurts me because <laughs> just not one of my favorites. I guess not. Yeah, clearly not. I think that's the worst cover that you've rated so I far. I think so. I think so. It's just I, maybe I'm looking for something a little bit more okay. out of this one. John, what do you think? I'm going to give it a six. I want to give it more. When I look at all of the individual components of everything going on in here, there's a lot of neat stuff. It's a very Marvel action-packed little thing. This could be an incredible Hulk cover, and instead of Megatron, to be the Hulk. But looking at it as a whole, it just doesn't hold together better than that for me. So a six it is. I'm with Jared. I'm right out of seven. 
they did do a lot with a little. I think it's cool seeing Megatron in that gun mode that you don't often get to see him in, particularly in a comic book. It was, it was definitely a challenge. It's, it's a unique cover, but given the subject matter of the story, I think they did about as good of a job as they could. Pat, give us the credits for this issue, please. All right, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. The credits for this issue are publisher is Marvel Comics. Got a cover date of February 1986, but its on-sale date was October 22nd, 1985. Writer was Bob Budiansky. Penciler, Don Perlin. Inker was Al Gordon. Colorist is Neil Yamtov. Letterer is Janice Chang. Editor is Michael Carlin. And this is all thanks to Mike's Amazing World and tfwiki.info. And with the credit information out of the way... I'll turn it back to you, Delvin, for a synopsis. It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the Slick is in trouble. Playing with the horses with the money of a mob boss can do that, I suppose. Running from the goons got him a loafer in the face, which knocks him, much to his fortune, right into a gun that doesn't work, until the goons mock the gun, telling it to blast them. Zap! Boom! Blast it! Joey finds a barn to hang out in, and the gun transforms to reveal itself to be the malevolent Megatron who tells Joey the whole Decepticon spiel that he's lost higher cerebral function due to plunging from a cliff thanks to Ratchet and that he'll do anything he's ordered to do. Sounds like a song drop in for the rest of the synopsis. Mop boss Jake Lomax crouched on a rooftop somewhere in the next room or this very one, oh, okay, line poolside, orders the goons to go find Joey. Joey goes back home where love is required. I mean, it's home. The kids love him and people give him apples. The mob goons chase him away from home onto the rooftops, but Joey, he has a powerful weapon and it shoots a water tower that knocks the goons out. From there, Joey becomes an assassin. Okay, hit him up, man. Who is second to none and makes a ton of money knocking off banks, the National Guard or whatever the heck he wants. May as well charge a million a shot. Elsewhere, Joey tires of his lifestyle. He can't trust anyone and can't go back to his neighborhood, so he goes to Lomax's house where with Megatron, no man can catch him. No hitman can match him. He gets to Lomax, tosses Megatron aside, and knocks Lomax into next Tuesday. The tossing jarred things the right way with Megatron, who was going to destroy Joey, but was impressed by Joey standing up to him. So Megatron weirdly walks away to wage his war again when we all know Megatron can fly. The end. Oh yeah, did you guess the theme song? Jared? What golden shot means another poor victim has come to a glittering end. For a price, he'll erase anyone with the megaphone gun. It's the man with the super gun. Never say never again. He'll shoot anyone. I haven't uh, seen that one in so long, and I can't even remember the song, but I, I recognize which. I haven't well, seen it in a long time either. Me neither. About a year for you guys. It's been a bit. Let's talk about the book. On Transformers Chronicles, we take turns bringing up something from the comic, starting with, but not limited to, goods and bads, and then everyone discusses. Jared, you are up. Give us your first good, bad, or whatever you want to talk about. Okay. What the heck is going on with this issue? <laughs> it's very strange. It's we talk about it on the network. I'm certain you've talked about it here. You got to eat the filler. Mm-hmm. This is a filler, and it's an odd filler. And I think it's going to almost lead me to a good because I think the oddness makes it memorable. Like you read this and you're like, this is so different from anything else that you guys have covered thus far. I do listen to the show. This this is different, and, and I don't see a lot of other issues happening. Like this little sort of one-off, 
character feature in a realm that he's not normally in. It's a crime tale, and Megatron's more like a sidekick. I don't know. I'm being pat here. I'm taking it all. I'll, I'll just leave it at that and let you guys, anybody want to take it from there. No, I'm I'm with you here. The tale is definitely offbeat, and I remembered it being as such, and then reading it, I'm like, yeah, it was offbeat. If I were to summarize the entire issue and any point that it had with the entire run of the canon, I would say it was to reestablish that Megatron was back. Because so about four or five issues ago, uh, Megatron was knocked off of a cliff by Ratchet. And he had to transform into a gun uh, in order to save himself from falling, uh, the, the damage of falling a very, very long distance. So, Okay, legit question. Fly sure. or no, can't fly? Uh, look, I'm going to level with you. I'm going to be honest with you about this. Pat, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, boy, I think I'm going to go with a what the as well, too. And, uh, you know, it's filler. Like you said, Delvin, it was show that, you know, how Megatron gets back into it. But, yeah, you could have done that in maybe one or two pages. Let I me guess. tell you why I disagree with that. Okay. Him falling and being knocked off of a mountain, that's pretty significant. Yeah. I, I think that it was owed a little bit more than just a one or two panel or one or two page thing. I think it warranted an explanation of sorts. And I don't know, this tale was offbeat, but I would much prefer that, especially knowing that Bob Budiansky puts in these human interest kind of stories and throws humans in that come in for one issue, stuff like that. I'd much rather that happen. Them, I don't know, do some weird dream sequence or something with Megatron. I think they did about as good of a job that they could do. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I can see where he's trying to get that human element into the issue again. Yeah. After 13 issues, we know that Bob likes to put that human element in. He's done it time yeah. and time again, and it doesn't look like something he's going to stop soon. John, you're up, man. What, what do you think? Uh, just to kind of tag on what everybody else was talking about, especially what you just said, this is the kind of thing that Bob is going to come back for, for his filler issues. Every now and then he'll have one with just one Transformer and a brand new human that you just meet who goes has an adventure with them over the course and their lives are changed and then they move on. This one's different from all the rest of them because it's, it's a Decepticon. Usually it's an Autobot, uh, but it's a Decepticon here and Megatron's not really in it. As a kid... I hated this one. I didn't care about this guy. I didn't care about the mob stuff. I'm not buying Transformers comics for these sort of stories. Today, it's fine. It's a fairly generic uh, mob story. It winds up reminding me, strangely enough, to a couple of issues of Secret Wars. You make a good comment there that when you were a kid reading it for the first time, mm -hmm. that's how you felt. So, I'm reading it for the first time. Maybe I am coming at more as at a kid's eye. I want to see, I want some Transformers. Whenever I'm reading them again, I skim this one a lot more than I'll read it. I mean, it's okay. It's just, I'm with Pat. I want some more Transformers stuff. I get why, especially after the last issue with the sheer amount of action and like every single Transformer was in that one. And this is a new, new artist. Maybe he didn't want to intimidate him right away. <laughs> and so he just <laughs> gave him one thing. 17 and 18 are coming up. Those are two really famous ones that are ra drawn rather spectacularly and have a lot of characters in it. So maybe he's trying to ease him up to it. Okay. So okay. the last issue was spectacular and there's some spectacular issues coming, but I'm on it. Sometimes you got to eat the filler. Glad to have you. Uh, Hopefully you'd like that synopsis. Cha -cha -cha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would like to go with a high. Even though it's not a Transformer story and it focuses on Joey Slick, I think is his name. It was. I really liked the message that when Joey Slick was down on his luck and he was kind of a nobody, he had friends in his neighborhood and people who cared about him. Mm -hmm. And then when he went on his crime spree and became this big thing, his friends began to fear him. And it wasn't the way he wanted it to be. You know, the guy who used to give him apples was like, here, take the apples, you know, just take whatever you want. Yeah. And the kids were like, you know, maybe I can grow up to be a gangster, tough guy. And it, and it really just kind of shattered his whole perception. And I think that's a great message about any rise to fame, be it there's consequences in how you use it. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool message. 
So it, it yeah. was more like, and now on a very special Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely did have a, a moral there of sometimes riches aren't in the form of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. You said it a lot better than I did with fewer words. Joey Slick really went through some transformation here. He did. He did. And he sort of came back to what he knew, but he was a little bit better for the experience. So in a sense, Megatron kind of helped him with that. Something of a coquettish Pope in the pool. <laughs> Just trying to fill in for Jason. I don't even know what that meant. Look, look man, we, we just separated you two. We're not trying to merge you back together. <laughs> We're like headmasters. It's my best Transformers reference. I tried. Pat, do you have a uh, another high or low or what the? I think being able to talk about this issue with you three, it's been a little helpful getting your guys' take on it to help understand the story and and Jared's good explanation of Joey's transformation here of finding that you know that's really what he just needed to be comfortable with where he was at instead of trying to think that you can get the world and what's it going to get you nothing and so, then it was kind of interesting that all of this fuss they were they're about to off this guy over six hundred dollars yeah hundred bucks six hundred bucks that's crazy. That is crazy. Well, no. you don't become the head of the mob of Portland, Oregon by letting $600 <laughs> slip through your finger there. That's true. And I got to send a message. You can't just let the Joy Slicks of the world take that money from yeah. you. Take a lesson from here, Rick. If you want to be the <laughs> big wig of Oregon, Oregon, if you want to be the big wig of Oregon. I was gonna, see, I'm glad you corrected that. He was not happy with you for saying Oregon. What's he going to do? So, John, do you have something to talk about with the story? He just tells Jeff where to shoot. Oh. Shoot that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a guy like Megatron, except it's Rick, who's a guy with a gun. <laughs> um, the art. You know, Don Perlin's never going to be the first person you think about when you think of great artists. And I'm just happy to see, finally, for the first time in a long time, we've got somebody that's actually taking the time to fill in backgrounds. <laughs> so many issues we were pretty sure was rushed. This one, he took his time on. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. It makes me want to go read some Moon Knight. I, I'm going to jump in here, and I firmly believe that there are two types of artists. Those that are good at drawing robots and those that aren't. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, Perlin is not a robot artist. but He gets much better. But it's, it's decent. But I could see him going, I'm uncomfortable with these robots, so I'm going to make these backgrounds. Because <laughs> really yeah. you know? he's good at that. He's good at all kinds of stuff. But I'll take your word for it about him getting better. I, uh, I'm i sure when you guys have me back on in episode, I don't know, 48 or something like that, <laughs> we can look at it retrospect. 52, 50, 53, perhaps. <laughs> how, how many I think we need an ongoing bit where every filler episode, I am the guest. We get up here and then 20. Uh, <laughs> here we go again. 60 is the literal filler because 17 was taking so long. Oh, okay. So there's a filler right around the corner. Okay. Mm -hmm. A little preview there for you, Transformers Chronicles fans. How long is Perlin on? He's on till at least like 17 or 18. I think okay. they swap artists a little bit in the 20s after that. All right, I'm just so, interested now that you, you guys say he, he progresses on. So that's something I'm going to be interested in watching. Yeah. yeah, I definitely will be peeking in at the art. As uh, Jonathan says, it gets better. It's always neat to see an artist get comfortable yeah. you know, over time. So I, I will yeah. definitely check in on that. I'm remembering something sort of about this book. And sort of about the next few issues. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, so don't worry, Pat. But I remember I've mentioned all over Long Box Crusade, the first book that I got from Transformers was issue 24. Then I went back at some point with my collection looking for stuff. And about the last gaps that I had in the collection fell around this time. So some of this stuff is is a little bit new-ish to me. And so it's, it's interesting to see what Bob is kind of building for. But I, I'm definitely interested in it. 13 was an offbeat tale, but I think he has a purpose for it. But we're going to discover that together. Yeah. Wait till you yeah. see the musical act in uh, issue 14. <laughs> <laughs> the only question I had ever since I've been listening to the show, and it's not related to issue 13, is we know that Spider-Man at one point showed up in Transformers. I think you guys covered that yep 
Um, couldn't have. That was an issue three, and this is issue one. Uh, exactly. Do the Transformers, and I know Transformers crossed over with G.I. Joe. We've talked about that on our on Longbox Crusade. Did the Transformers ever bleed into the Marvel Universe? Like, are there Marvel non-Transformers comics where Transformers show up? Does it, it seems like uh, that's something Jonathan would know. Short answer, not really. In issue nine, Circuit Breaker debuts in this, but she had debuted earlier in the month in Secret Wars 2, number, number three. Right. So that was so that Marvel could use her if they wanted to, but they haven't yet. At about issue nine, too, that's where they start bleeding away from it being the Marvel Universe. You'll notice in this, you don't see a Daily Bugle. You see another fake headline, uh, for example. So they don't pop up in, like, X-Men or Avengers or anything like no, that ever. <laughs> and I want to give props to Jonathan. The history you gave on Circuit Breaker in that episode I thought was really cool and fascinating. So right. I applaud you, sir, for the deep dive. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And it's weird that they haven't done anything with this character. They went out of their way to keep. I'm delighted and confused by your praise. but <laughs> <laughs> So Enjoy Jonathan does know what he did. <laughs> I had one more thing. I love the automatopoeia words in this one. They're almost Simonson-esque. You've got your fumes and your, uh, there was one strut. It goes zip, zap, <laughs> and then ba-doom. <laughs> I think you could make a modern-day hip-hop song using just those words. <laughs> Gets the Maggie seal of approval. She's always a big fan of clever automatopoeia words. Zip, zap, ba-doom. Zip, zap, ba-doom. <laughs> tonight my goodness i wonder what the influence could be of that jared i just like watching you have to be me oh i am raining i am raining hell (laughs) whatever we're podcasting next better believe that woohoo Gentlemen, any other burning thoughts? No, I appreciate you guys to give me that that deep knowledge and the trivia questions I have. So keep up the good work. It's one of my favorite things about the show is you give us that deep trivia. I'm just happy that you asked one of the seven or eight things I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if people keep asking you the same things as you know. You come across as a genius. That works. All right. Now's the time for us to talk about who had the touch where we talk about which character in the book stood out the most, be it Autobot, Decepticon, or Human. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah! Jared. You kind of have two choices in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> you I got to give it to Joey Slick and the journey that he took and the lesson that he learned. I think, unfortunately, even though he learned the good lesson at the end, he like very clearly learned his lesson. He still went to jail, I believe, at the very end. And he was all right with it. And he was cool with it. Like, and he was a man at peace and he had taken a journey and he realized the missteps that he had made and the real value he had in his life. And I got to give it up for that. So, Joey Slick, you you get it. Uh, Pat. I'm just going to second everything you said, too, as well. Joey Slick, you got the touch. Delvin. I'll go Megatron. Megatron at least showed a little bit. Well, I'm glad that he's back in general because Transformers just isn't the same without the big bad guy. And right now, Megatron is the big bad guy. But I also appreciated that he showed respect for a human in this one because he could have literally stepped on Joey Slick if he wanted to. He could have blown him away with his fusion cannon. He didn't. He said, you stood up to me. That took courage. I appreciate that. That's that's to be respected. I'll go back to do my thing now and just leave you be. I kind of respected that. I thought that was a, a good little uh, development in Megatron's character. John, what do you think? Given the choices, I guess Joey Slick, for reasons that were said, I don't really have anything else to add. I don't like this issue very much. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Megatron was like kind of like Joey Slick's buddy until like his circuitry kicked back in. Like, oh, wait, you suck. <laughs> well, even at the start of the book, he was telling the whole thing like, "Yeah, war." Man's like, "So you're gonna do anything I tell you to do?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if Starscream would have found him? Oh my goodness! Oh, man, that's a story to read, right there. No, that would be good. That that would have that actually, man. Oh, yeah, that would be good. 
That would have been a great story that Starscream. <laughs> oh, we found Megatron? Oh, yeah, let's go and track him. Oh, I got him. Oh, you have to listen to whatever I say? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about bleeding into the Marvel Universe, you know, instead of Joey Slick finds it, uh, Wilson Fisk finds it. Oh, gee. There's a story waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, man. We got Wilson Fisk with Megatron. That would be a good storyline. Yeah, I read that. So, if we have talked about the touch, then someone had to be out of touch. We talked about the character that was the worst in the book, and they should be forced to uselessly shout at goons like a fake J. Jonah Jameson in a segment called Less Than Meets the Eye. If you had to pick someone, Jared, who would you think was less than meets the eye in the book? I'll go later. I want to hear what other folks have to say. I'm not sure. I'm actually sure. Well, yeah, sell me on side. You, you guys sell me on who's less than meets the eye. Okay. I'm going to go with the guy who was yelling at his goons, but like a ripoff J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> okay. That would be mob boss Jake Lomax. He was a terrible mob boss. Okay, that's where I was leaning towards. In, in that, like, if you're a mob boss, like, you are the person who kind of sits in the background and you send your goons out to do this stuff. But if anything ever gets to you, you are mean MF. <laughs> and you know how to handle business. This guy was like, oh, don't hurt me. <laughs> and just got got knocked out and then the dude did the money dance, the, the money rain dance all over. Like, Here's your money. <laughs> Clean the place up. Okay. I was leaning towards the mob boss, too. I was, just, I was like, did I miss any other characters that deserve it? Pat, did I miss anybody? Or are you mob bossing it as well? No, I'm actually Megatron. Oh. Yeah. In fact, the name they give him is Mindless Megatron. But I, what I don't really understand is that he tells the story of what happened to him. You know, I fell and blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, he, you, you can remember all that, but you can't. Was this told from Megatron's point of view? I forgot that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He tells a story on it. Okay. About page three or four, Megatron, he told Joey Slick the whole uh, spiel, told him, yeah, from a war and race of robots or whatever, I was injured in a fight. That's right. Yada, yada. I lost. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I got faked up. It's like TV amnesia. It's just. (laughs) Whatever bits are important for the plot for him not to have, he doesn't have. Oh, I just remember. Oh, maybe I can understand. I can understand. You know, he's, he's a robot, so maybe it just takes a while for that reprogram the programming to come back into play or something. And see, I thought that was kind of funny in itself, where there's some big technical term for it if you have a machine and you can't understand why it's not working, so you just whack it. You reformat it. Fonzie. It's called a Fonzie. (laughs) (laughs) There actually is a term, but I'm going to blank on it. But it it was funny that it took that to fix Megatron. Someone just had to take him and drop him again. (laughs) That that was the big fix for Megatron. Now's the time for overall ratings for the book. To recap for the audience, we will honor the old tech specs that came with every toy. Give a rating from 1 to 10. Jared, you are up. What do you think about this offbeat issue of Transformers? I'm struggling with it because just like we kind of talked about on the cover, it's so offbeat that it makes it memorable. Like, I I will remember this issue, not just because I was on this episode with you guys, but I think 15 years from now, people say 13. I'll be like, that was the weird one with Megatron and the mob guy. So oh, yeah. I, that's a long way of saying I'm going to land on a, I'm going to land on a six for the overall issue. Gotcha. John, what do you have? Uh, I'm giving it a four. I don't really like the issue. So that's it. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. <laughs> How about you, Pat? Well, after this discussion, I think it has helped me understand this issue a lot more and kind of work out some of the issues that I had with it. So I am going to bump this up. Thank you. And that was two claps. So I'm actually going two levels up here. So I'm going to go middle of the road with this. It's a five. Oh, we had it at a three until the discussion. Mm-hmm. I did yeah, the math it, in my head. Yep. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So I'm more of the optimistic one for this one in that I have it right at a seven. I remember this book from childhood. From childhood. And that says something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it would be one thing if it were just, I've read bad and forgettable. You know, this wasn't bad. 
And it definitely wasn't forgettable. And I think that says something. And I'm glad Megatron's back, too. So that lands me at a seven. Yeah, I think um, offbeat and memorable is way better than offbeat and forgettable. Oh, yeah. And like I said, this one I will remember. And you, you just exemplified that, that you remember it from childhood. Well, normally we would have Transformers Spotlight at this yeah. time. But there's kind of an issue with that. I mean, the only Transformer in this book was Megatron. And Jonathan has already covered Megatron, so... so today it's Joey Slick. <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence one. Ranks to one. <laughs> Firepower one. One. Speed one. Courage ten somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so we will be back after this promo break. The Transformers will return after these messages. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine and edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.big cartel.com that's the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com or you can buy it directly from me creator jared albrecht the yard sale artist at any of my comic-con appearances hamilton versus burr a werewolf tale get your copy today you won't regret it don't take my word for it here's what ming chen from amc's tv series comic book men had to say about it i really enjoyed it a lot of great werewolf scenes in here a lot of great uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> Books like a- a Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back from the break. We want to give a thank you to Feed Spot Blog for ranking our humble little show number 11 for Transformers Podcast in 2019. We are super thankful that people are listening to the show, and we want to thank everyone for listening, and we thank Feedspot Blog for their mention. We're humble. Yeah, thanks. I saw that, and got. I think uh, we got mentioned on it, and we're just like, what? Someone's listening to this thing? That's cool. That's, that's awesome. Feedspot Blog is, is Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he ranked you at 11. <laughs> it's a four. It's a four. It's a four. <laughs> Really nice write-up that they had for us, and they and we are among a, a bunch of other great. really good podcasts too, like you know Transformers University and great group uh, to be a part of. I'm an impartial mm-hmm. observer, but I was proud. I was like, "That's sweet, man." It is cool to know that people are, are listening to your little neck of the woods. So, uh, thank you to Feedspot Blog, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Feedspot Blog, do you do GI Joe shows at all? Because I got one for you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you your time to plug. Oh, actually, you know what? Jared, do you have any other bits that you want to add before I close this out? I get to just throw bits out there? You do. Uh, these nuts. Um, that's it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was two bits. <laughs> Jared will now be searching his collection for filler issues so that he can invite me on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we do need to get Jonathan on. I think I actually have him on the schedule. You know what, Jared? You just got Ryan Dalyed. <laughs> <laughs> Did it to him twice. We brought him on for issue three, and he didn't like issue three. <laughs> and then we had him on the Rod Pod for one that, that he didn't like. Oh, and we just had him on G.I. Joe Chronicles for his least favorite issue of the first year of G.I. Joe Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, happened Ryan Dalyed. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what he gets for being such a negative Nancy, that Ryan Daly. That Ryan. And that is the show. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue number 14. If you like to hear from us, Longbox Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers to include Spotify. 
at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, Facebook and Instagram, Longbox Crusade. Patreon, you guessed it, Longbox Crusade, where I like to give a special thank you to our Crusaders Club members. Uh, YouTube, you can please subscribe to our channel, which is Longbox Crusade. We have a do a live stream once a month, every second Sunday. And we are on for about a couple hours and we have a lot of fun doing that. So we'd love for you to join us. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. John, why don't you tell us about your podcast and where you can be found on the internet? My wife and I do two podcasts. Uh, we do Married with Comics, where we talk about, well, lately, movies. But presumably, we'll get back to talking about comics again. And we also do one called The Rod Pod, where we cover the IDW Phase 2 Transformers books in order. Uh, both of those are just point your podcatcher at Married with Comics, and you'll find it. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Look for those terms, and we'll chat with you. Jared, where are you at? Alabama. Oh. oh, on the internet. Yes. Okay, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I would encourage your listeners to check out www.theyardsaleartist.com. And you could check out my wares and put coin in my pocket. Or if you just want to banter, just do the at Yard Sale Artist at any social media pat- platform. Pat. It's hard to say platform and pat. Back to back. Platform. <laughs> you can find me transforming onto Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin. I can be found on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY1977. See you all next time. And remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Till all are one. Till all are one. one. Right? Did I do that right? You got the touch. You got the power Yeah After all is said and done Never what you've never song clips and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended and it is for entertainment purposes only we are just fans that like to share our love of comics